Welcome back to the Canatech uh, podcast. Back with Jim Roddy. Jim Roddy and I have been on the road. Jim, I'm tired. It's 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 back. The conferences are back. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people uh, lost their uh, muscle tone. You know, it's like if you haven't been in the gym for a while, you're like, man, lifting this dumbbell seems, you know, 20 pounds is way heavier than it used to be a few weeks ago. So, yeah, we're getting back in shape from a trade show standpoint. Yeah, yeah. And let's talk trade associations. So, uh, give, give us some tips. I, you know, I've joined a trade association. Uh, how can I participate, and and how can I behave? How can I get the most out of my membership? What 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 do you tell people at the RSPA? Sure, and I guess that's what I'll speak to. It is through the RSPA lens, and again, the Retail Solution Providers Association. We have about seven hundred member companies, and then all their employees underneath that are are members of our. Um, uh, of our community as well. So the first thing I'd say is, and this is kind of what we do from an RSP standpoint is connect with somebody at that association or find out who the right person is. Like we have member services managers and have them talk through, you know, the, what do similar situated organizations like yourself do? Who do they, where do they get involved? What services they utilize? Things of that nature. What you read on the website might not be completely up to date and it might not be everything that fits for you. So having that sit down one-on-one -on -one conversation, talking about you, what you're hoping getting out of it, and having somebody kind of act as a concierge, uh, that can be very, very helpful. So I'd say that would be the, the first step. Okay. And then after that, to me, you, you have to follow through um, on that. And so, you know, we've seen in our association, the folks who really reap the, the rewards are the ones who get the most engaged. And so obviously, if you're a smaller organization, it's hard to get you know, more engaged because your time is is so limited. But it seems like the smaller organizations tend to, you know, squeeze the juice more and try to get more out of their relationship with the association and larger yeah. companies. I don't know if they assume other folks are getting involved or not, but that's where we counsel a lot of large organizations to kind of divide and conquer. So for example, we have a cannabis community. We have a marketing community. We have a women to women community. Uh, we have for software developers an ISV community. Well, if you're, you know, an ISV and you're big enough you and you are interested in the cannabis space right you should in, be be involved in all four of those aspects but it shouldn't be one person necessarily who's involved in in all those and that's what we even tell people have two folks or three folks join one of the communities and they're just coordinate amongst yourselves who's going to be able to show up uh, for that next uh, online meeting but if you don't get engaged from that level if you don't virtually rub elbows with folks if you don't actually figure out what the services are that you can benefit from you're going to look back in a year and go well this wasn't worth it well maybe it was worth it but Maybe, you know, uh, you know, you go to a restaurant, if you don't order anything, it's not going to be a great experience for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I worked for a trade association early in my career as an IT pro, the uh, Washington State uh, Credit Union League. So I had some exposure to it. I think I was there two years. Um, and uh, what we saw was upon renewal, people, now that, that was different because those are credit unions and they're not really looking for leads, mm -hmm. but they would always kind of voice, you know, well, what did I get out of it, right? Yep. And, and, and again, credit unions don't need leads, but you get the point. Um, what, what, what do you hear from members? You know, are they like, Jim, where are my leads? <laughs> <laughs> sure. And that's part of what we manage people's expectations. And maybe Harry, when you joined the RSPA uh, a couple of years ago, we might have well had this conversation where folks say, 
man, I want to join the association. I'm going to access that member directory. And I've got a whole bunch of leads there to follow up on. And we say, you know, this industry has seen a lot of folks play, I call it the B2B hokey pokey, right? They put the right foot in, they put the right foot, right? And then they jump back in and they jump back out. We say, you've got to be in this for the long term. And so if you show up and your first step is, how many leads can I get out of this? That's the wrong way to approach it. It should be, where can I get engaged? And then where can I contribute? And if the rising tide lifts all boats, if I can play a role in doing that, people are going to catch on to that. And then they will be naturally drawn to you if they see that you are invested in that group. So again, we're a channel um, association. And so folks who get involved in all they're doing is trying to let me help the channel, let me help the channel. Well, naturally, folks are going to say, well, they seem like they're helping the channel. I'm either going to talk to them about working with them or see if they know uh, somebody to work with. My first RSPA experience, this is going all the way back to 2006, the winter conference. And this is where, you know, we say, they say sell from the opening bell, not when you're engaging with associations. I will never forget this. I will not name uh, the vendor. <clears throat> But it was an open-ended community discussion, and people are, you know, weighing in with that. And a guy stands up and says, hi, I'm with this company, and we do this, and we do that, and we recently launched a whatever, whatever, and we think that would be great for everybody in the room. Okay, the next break, somebody walks over and says to him, like, hey, I recommend you don't do that. And he was like, well, you know, I got to sell. Well, this isn't the right forum for that. And then the guy went and did it again, and somebody talked to him and said, you will be thrown out of here. Like we will pick you up and throw you out if you continue to do that. And of course he never did it again, but then he never came back at the same time either. So if you're, if, I mean, everybody knows, you know, there's being sold to and everybody is being sold to at some point. In fact, you and I are probably selling to people right now, you know, as we're having this conversation, right? We want them to understand that we know about the cannabis community. We know about the B2B community. We know about trade shows. But if all I did was say, interesting question, Harry, let me give you a, can I switch over to my PowerPoint about the RSPA and I'll close you on a membership thing? People do not want that. They will be attracted to folks, but not if you grab by the earlobe and try to drag them over. Yeah. Any other uh, any other dunks that come to mind? That that's a good one, by the way. That you know, the always be selling um, doesn't necessarily work inside of a trade group. <laughs> no, I would also say to make sure that you pick your niches because you know, in fact, we're looking right now. We have a lot of uh, agreements with um, analysts with associations, with media outlets, well, that list can be endless. And so we've actually started putting the, the bigger list together and you're like, man, that's somebody's full-time job if you would try to manage all those things. And so obviously inside of a small business, you can't have a full-time person just dedicated to being members of associations. So really pick your niches and pick the associations that are really going to benefit you and that you can really benefit that association. So it, it ties in with like going to trade shows. I mean, you, again, Harry, you and I are in the cannabis space. We could you're tired now. I'm tired now. You think we're tired. Like if we would go to every cannabis technology related yeah. event, I mean, we would never, we'd never be at our desk uh, like we are right now. And so uh, pick and choose and start, you know, the old qual, uh, crawl, walk, run kind of thing. Pick one or two really in your niche, get involved and see if you need to stretch out 
uh, into that third. Again, just like we, you know, we advise VARs and MSPs, don't start playing in a million different verticals, really become that specialist in one or two or things that are adjacent. So that's, I guess, the thing that, that I would say as well. If you say I'm too busy to do this, try to weigh it and say, are there other things I should give up or other associations I shouldn't be involved in? Yeah, two two final thoughts. One is to uh, kind of paraphrase my dad, who was a, a Texas lawyer. We somehow ended up in Alaska when they discovered Prudhoe Bay. So that was mm-hmm. kind of a natural act. But he always told the lawyers in the department at the uh, at Alaska Pipeline, he said, you know, you have got to go to the bar association lunches, the convention, because um, the problem with pipelines is they're a project, right? That was end-to-end about a five-year project, and then they go into operations. Totally different crowd, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, you, you better be going to that monthly lunch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, any, any thoughts on that? Because that's another way to interact with the trade yeah. group. Yeah. So uh, I always say education by immersion. Like that is something that you should not skip out on. Should you do formal education? And we have formal education in the online, we call it RSPA Accelerate. We have that program. You can go through it. There's courses, there's a syllabus. Our VP of education, Kathy Meter, acts as a concierge that helps folks with that. But you should do that. Plus, you've got to go to those meetings and again, just immerse yourself because, I mean, that's actually, you know, I'm interrupting, I'm coming back from uh, ScanSource, one of our distributor uh, partners. And then I went to Blue Star, one of our other distributor partners. And I'm in the middle of going through my notes from those and saying, who do I need to follow up with? What are things that I learned? What are the things that we should do differently? I was not seeking those things out. And in the online world, sitting at your desk, you reaching out, making phone calls, that's you seeking. But things at these events, you'll just slam into them, you'll bump into them, and it'll be a learning that will really impact your business. Um, the winter conference, you know, that we have uh, Inspire, um, that's a lot of work, right? And that's very expensive for us to put on. And we talked about, well, do you have to do it every year? And if you could hear our members say, here's why you need to do this every year. Here's how this thing that I didn't know, I walked in and met this person I'd never met before at this show. They shared this thing with me eight years ago, nine years ago, transformed my business. Like the more opportunities that I have to engage with folks like that, the better. And that really helped us crystallize in terms of, okay, this is how we serve our community. It's not necessarily, and this is part, you know, trade shows were a nonprofit uh, organization. It's not all about where can I make the most money necessarily when you're running a trade show. It's how can I best serve our members and the members who get served the best are the ones who, you know, jump in with both feet uh, into things that, uh, you know, especially those those in-person events, like you mentioned. I, I know it's hard to do. I know it's expensive. I know it takes time. But there is no substitute for that whatsoever. Maybe that can be another interview we have someday about yeah, virtual events, yeah. like with those avatars running around, like those just pale in comparison to the, the in-person events. You can't replace them. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make a note of that because I was helping... Uh, you know, I do a bunch of side hustles and I love it. Um, but last winter, spring, I was helping a uh, data center trade association and uh, reporting to the executive director. And their big thing is the annual event, right? Mm-hmm. The the big conference in uh, basically mid, mid-May. Um, and they spend a lot of money. And, you know, the lady was saying, you know, we, we could probably be more profitable if I didn't have top shelf hot buffet and top shelf receptions. But she said, you know, that's that's not who we are, right? The members want a nice experience. And it, it does cost money, Jim. <laughs> 
and it's it's getting more expensive. You know, I've always said like uh, you know the most expensive things are like how did this cost so much? Uh, are college textbooks and uh, meals, meals and AV at trade shows. Like those yeah. two things are like oh my word. But again, you know that's that's for the burden of us, you know, uh, event planners here. But you're you have to have that experience for your members, and they will walk away saying that was worth it. I would, I would do it all over again. And that's what we're looking for. And we did the, the retail now uh, event this year, you know, our summer trade show that gets, you know, around 1500 to 2000 uh, channel executives. We got some feedback that breakfast should have been upgraded and we're like, okay, yeah, we definitely see that we're going to do that. But then all the big things that they walked away with, they were saying like, I wasn't, you know, I've never had an experience like this before, not just from how it feels, but also the connections and the knowledge that, that they take away from it. And so that's why, again, I, I would say, I was saying this about the RSPA before I was being paid to say this uh, about the <laughs> RSPA, right? In terms of how it's invaluable and it's really the heartbeat um, of your community. So if whatever community that you're in, find those niche associations and again, join and join, get involved and attend the events. And finally, uh, speaking of events, we're several weeks out from uh, MJ BizCon in Las Vegas, folks. Uh, I, we've talked about that a lot over here at the Canatech Group. It's the, it's the Comdex. It's the CES of the industry. Um, it's not the only show you should go to, but you should at least go once. And uh, Jim, I'll look forward to working with you and your staff. I know we want to quickly conspire to see if we can put together just a, a informal reception one of the evenings, right? So we're, we, we don't feel alone amongst 35,000 people. <laughs> right. Yeah. It does. Yeah. You can feel lonely among 35,000. The one, so two things I'll say is one, wear comfortable shoes, of course, because it's a giant trade show, but also you've got to prepare. Sometimes you can go to a trade show and just kind of wander around. That is not one that you can do that. You've got to figure out what kind of, you know, they, they divide it on the website into different groupings of whether it's technology or, you know, yeah. grow operations or, you know, things of that nature. But that is not a show you just want to meander through. You've got to uh, put together a battle plan for sure. All right, Jim, thanks for your time. And in fact, we'll see you in, uh, in, in, in a few weeks down in Las Vegas. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, looking forward to it. Always a pleasure, Harry. Thanks. All right.